0: Here's a good idea.
1: Have a point. It makes it
0: so much more interesting for the listener. And good evening. Welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young sitting in this evening with you until 11 o'clock. Sitting in on this very damp evening. Hopefully you're not out in the storms this evening. I was driving in a little while ago and I saw cars pulled over. Um, I saw a couple of accidents. There were Dogs and cats living together. I mean, it was truly, truly a a, a wet, nasty evening out there. So be safe. Be safe. However, if you are in a safe position and want to call or text us this evening, feel free to do so. 314-436-7900. Also, if you're listening on AM, hey, you want to try something different? Tune over to 98.7. You can catch... KMOX on FM, that's where I listen around the greater St. Louis area uh, because, uh, you know, you've never truly heard Charlie Brennan until you've heard him on FM. So tune him in and everyone on 98.7. It's it's an excellent experience, and I would highly, highly recommend it. Hey, uh, next Monday evening right here on, on At Your Service, uh, probably in the 8.15-ish hour We're going to be talking to uh, a guy named Professor William Jacobson. I've interviewed him a couple of times over the past year, year and a half. He's a law professor. Uh, He's a law professor uh, at Cornell, and uh, he has a legal website called Legal Insurrection. It's something that I check out every day. But he posted a story, and the reason I mention it, and this isn't going to be necessarily our interview next week, but he posted a story today. That just made me stop and think because the story is from California. It's a true story. And it's about a female prison inmate in a California prison, one possibly more, who have become suddenly pregnant by another inmate. And of course, the other inmate is a biological male who identifies as a female, but is still housed with the female prisoners. And yet, Apparently, we're having these uh, spontaneous pregnancies now in the California prison. By uh, uh, two, at least according to society norms, two females are having babies. So uh, I only thought that was possible in Jurassic Park, you know, where they have that big scene where they find the the the, the eggs are hatched, and Dr. Grant is sniffing those uh, lizard eggs, and he says, you know. There's these uh, South African lizards who can uh, spontaneously change gender in a same-sex environment. Uh, I don't think that's what's going on here. <laughs> but, but we've got uh, mysteriously women getting pregnant in a female prison. I mean, how does that work? Uh, and uh, you know, we had a transgender weightlifter who competed in the Olympics last week. And, you know, she didn't do so well. And uh, and now we know why when she was a he, he wasn't competing against the men because he couldn't even compete very well against the women. But, you know, I made the joke uh, last week right here on At Your Service that uh, that the female weightlifter dropped out of the competition due to a testicle injury. Now, I, I don't know. I just made that up. But uh, uh, but she didn't <laughs> she didn't do very well uh, against the other women uh, in the uh, in the Olympics. Mike, you didn't like that. You didn't like that line very much. So uh, <laughs> I'm just waiting for the day. I'm waiting for the day that a motorcyclist identifies himself as a bicyclist and wins a bicycle race by like 10 miles. That's, that's what I'm waiting for. And, and I will cheer on that uh, motorcyclist who self-identifies as a, as a bicyclist. Uh, in other news today, uh, you know, the big news today is this $1.1 trillion infrastructure bill that passed the Senate. That's still getting a lot of news. And as the show unfolds this evening, I'm going to be going through some of those provisions. I think overall, infrastructure bills are always good politics in Washington. It doesn't matter if you've got a Republican in office or a Democrat in office. They're good bills for Washington because they put people back to work. They provide a necessary infrastructure to all of us. I mean, who doesn't use infrastructure? Everyone does so they're necessary they're required but uh, even with that there's a lot of things in this bill that are that are highly questionable and so i'm going to be breaking some of those down as the show unfolds this evening and we've got i've got a, an enormous stack of stuff here to go through today so we've got lots of news we've got some interviews coming up after the break in fact one of the big stories that broke us uh, last week and even into this week is something called the eviction moratorium. And uh, we're going to talk with a local St. Louis attorney, Matthew Chase, uh, who represents uh, a lot of property owners who are a little upset about this. They're a little upset about this eviction moratorium for lots of reasons, but most of which is it's just blatantly unconstitutional. But, you know, that's not really – a high priority apparently for the Biden administration. So we're gonna be breaking that down. We've got uh, other interviews throughout the evening, but when we're not doing interviews, the best part of this show is hearing from you. So once we finish the interview, I'll be opening up the phone lines on topics that we're discussing, any other topic that comes to mind. If you disagree with me, those are my favorite calls. So we will be getting into all of that after the interview and particularly after this confiscatorily high uh, commercial break that we have to take. So Brad Young, sitting in at your service this evening on KMOX.
2: Worker play? KMOX is right there with you. We go where you go.
0: Hey, welcome back to At Your Service here on X You know, we've heard that just last week, the Biden administration ordered a new eviction moratorium nationwide. So what does this mean and whom does this moratorium even impact? Well, and the bigger question is, is it even legal? So joining us to answer these questions and more this evening is attorney Matthew Chase. He's an attorney right here in St. Louis, specializes in property law, and he deals with these issues on a daily basis. Hey, Matthew Chase, welcome to KMOX. Hi there. How's it going? It's going very well, sir. Thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, Let's set the stage a moment before we just jump into this issue. And in one of the COVID relief bills from last year, Congress authorized an eviction moratorium. But what does that even mean?
1: So the eviction moratorium was something set up. Um, the original one set up by Congress was the CARES Act moratorium. It was part of that massive CARES Act. It came into effect <clears throat> for a period of, I guess, 120 days back last spring. It ended July, I want to say, 28th. <clears throat> During that time, it was illegal to uh, basically do anything with an eviction. There were there were some caveats, but. You couldn't file an eviction. You couldn't put people out during that four-month period, so long as you had a property subject to a mortgage, which was basically a Fannie Freddie or an FHA mortgage, which basically covered almost every um, property. I mean, there are some properties that are free and clear. Almost all the multifamily markets is uh, properties covered by mortgages. And uh, although some of the single-family residence rentals are free and clear and it didn't apply, it covered most everything. And most most landlords decided to not even file during that time. Um, that moratorium ended at the end of July, and then there was screaming loudly that you couldn't let it end. And right. then we ended up with the CDC moratorium
0: well, later. Yeah, we'll, we're going to walk through that in just a moment, but just so folks understand what this means. So when property renters don't pay... Under this CARES Act provision that expired, uh, uh, under that bill, if the property renters didn't pay, the landlord or the owner of the property, they couldn't evict the tenants based on non-payment. Is that right? That's right.
1: They 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 not only couldn't evict based on non-payment, other local moratoriums almost everywhere made it impossible to evict for almost any mm-hmm. reason. Other than here in Missouri, we could still do extremely dangerous situations. But even that was shut down because the sheriffs were closed. At their of
0: course, act. of course. So, but, but here's what's interesting to me is that under this COVID relief bill, under the CARES Act from last year, there was actually money allocated to pay the property owners in situations where the renters failed to pay. But as I understand it, Matthew, uh, the, the federal government has only paid out a fraction of the money allocated to pay the property owners who were stuck holding the proverbial bag on this. Almost
1: nothing got to the property owners. Almost none of those those initial applications ended up with money. What we ended up with, which continues even to today, are renters who have taken advantage of the situation and have throughout the last year and a half, and even till today, have anywhere from three months to 15 months rent unpaid. And they will not leave until they're dragged out by the sheriff by their ankles.
0: My goodness. You know, we're talking to local attorney and property law expert Matthew Chase. And uh, and earlier this year, the the federal government tried to extend the moratorium without congressional approval. And and as I've researched this issue over the past few weeks, Matthew, uh, the Alabama Association of Realtors, it looks like, filed suit. The case went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, What happened at the Supreme Court level?
1: Okay, so uh, let me just back up. I know we want to give terse answers, but the CDC moratorium in brief was started under the Trump administration, then repeatedly extended. Instead of having Congress pass a law, Congress passes it. The Senate agrees. The president signs it. We all remember schoolhouse rock, how a bill becomes a law. (laughs) I love,
0: you know, I, I learned so much from that, Matt. That was so instructive to me as a kid.
1: You know, I'm just a bill sitting here on Capitol Hill. Anyway, the fact is what was done here is CDC moratorium, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, a body which has absolutely no power over state eviction law, over real property, no power whatsoever. They decide that in order to stop the spread of the COVID, keep in mind, 15 days to stop the spread. We're on day whatever, 4,012 now. The the. um. The CDC says you can't evict. And they put in draconian, extreme punishments tied to it. Uh, The latest version of this, you know, just enacted, it's like $100,000 if nobody dies, $250,000 if somebody dies. You're never going to be able to prove that the death had anything to do with the eviction, but whatever. None of that, It's not. none of this is reality. This is just the insanity of totalitarians in the government. Now, the Supreme Court said, at the end of all of this, what should have been properly a five to four decision, Justice Kavanaugh basically sat on the fence, waffled and said, yes, this the trial level judge in the Alabama realtor case was correct. This is unconstitutional. This was never passed. An administrative agency such as the CDC has to go through certain procedures and public hearings, etc. None of that was done. They did not follow the Administrative Procedures Act. It, additionally, they said that the body, the, the agency, the CDC, does not have the power to put in an eviction moratorium. None of this is legal or constitutional. But it's over in like you know, less than a month. We're gonna. It ends on July 31st. We will not take any action against it, says Justice Kavanaugh. But it better not continue past July 31st. It's over. Then...
0: Well, the wait, House. yeah, let, let's let's wait here. We're, we're talking yeah. to local attorney and property law expert Matthew Chase. So even though Kavanaugh voted, technically he voted to uh, to not to strike down the moratorium. But in his in his writing, in his concurring opinion, he made it very clear he was only doing so because it was about to expire anyway, and going through the motions of shutting it down legally would be more disruptive than just letting it die on the vine. Is that fair to say?
1: That was that that is I believe what he believes. Um I think he basically was a weasel and would not take the action that he knows himself by his statement, yes. by his Erring opinion, was right, which is, this is unconstitutional, strike it. That he, is the law. That is what he was hired to do. But,
0: yeah, I know. And he so, should have done that. But he also said in there, and you alluded to it a moment ago, that it said this moratorium cannot be further extended without specific, without specific congressional authorization.
1: Correct. And then the White House says to Congress, do something. And Congress tries to do something. And then they all go home on vacation. They do nothing because they knew they didn't have the votes. Then the White House comes out. Joe Biden's own mouth says this. And his spokespeople and his puppet masters all said, we cannot do anything further. We cannot. Um, The Supreme Court has spoken. It is unconstitutional. He, what, what Biden's actual words were, something along the lines of, my legal advisors have said that this will not pass constitutional muster. And then a day later, he said, it won't pass constitutional muster, but we could tie it up in the courts for a month and get some of the money out to the people. Yeah. So we're going to do it anyway, knowing this last phrase was not actually said by him. But we're going to do it anyway, knowing that it's unconstitutional, illegal, and I am acting the tyrant.
0: Yeah, and, and we're, we're, we're talking to local attorney and property law expert Matthew Chase. And, and Matthew, in this situation, uh, it seems to me like what spurred President Biden to do what, by any legal analysis, is unconstitutional and in illegal executive order. But what spurred him yes. to do it was our very own Cori Bush, who was camping out on the Capitol steps, and she had her, you know, she had she was very camped out there. She had a bag of chips, I saw, and uh, she was taking selfies of herself and posting it on Twitter every ninety-seven seconds. Uh, but it was right. during that event that the progressives then started putting pressure on President Biden to do something that his own staff told him was unconstitutional.
1: That is correct, and and we got to keep in mind Cory Bush, our communist congresswoman from uh, the Missouri's first congressional district. She's a person who sold herself to be elected um, as someone who's been through eviction, okay? She's the perfect 2020 candidate, pandemic candidate. Why? Because she's been in eviction. Now, I actually three days ago spoke to the attorney who put her through three evictions. She is your regular, non-paying person who, in and out of eviction, kind of regularly, nothing special, um why was she in eviction probably poor money management which is 95 percent of our defendants simply poor money management skills and they end up in this process now i have to say something that everybody always seems to overlook if there are two million people the newspaper says facing eviction within the next 30 days if we don't do something well first of all that's the law there are contracts people breach a contract yes you get evicted Somebody owns a property, and it doesn't frankly matter whether they're a little mom and pop shop who's living on social security and two rental incomes, or they're a ginormous corporation owned by a hedge fund and have billions of dollars to spare. Either way, the law is the law, and it is unjust in a country that rule of law applies to apply the law differently or to view it differently based on the wealth of the various parties. But it is it must be understood that those two million people or ten million, whatever the number is, those people do not translate into 2 million families living in boxes on the street. In normal times and currently, most of my cases, I was in court today with about 60 or 65 cases. Almost every case resulted, the ones who didn't show, it's a default judgment, most of those end up usually paying or vacating. A few will end up being put out by the sheriff. Almost everybody who appeared resulted in either a continuance for whatever reason on a few, but everybody else signed a consent judgment somewhere. I agree to vacate on such and such a date, and here's the money. I agree, I'm agreeing to pay. And most of the rest did some form of a payment plan. Okay, my staff and I did probably about 25, uh, or 20 or 25 consent judgments today, and most of those people will end up paying it off. Mm-hmm. This is the final check and balance on the enforcement of contract, and at base, our entire system of government. Our entire system of law is there to enforce contract above everything else might be a silent contract, uh, unwritten contract between the the people and their government to enforce our borders and protect our lives. It might be a written contract on a piece of real estate. It might be uh, uh, a contract uh, uh, understood in society for my intellectual property to be protected. But the entire system of government is there to protect The rule of law and to enforce contracts and when they decide for the sake of one constituency which are people not paying rent by the way while paying for their smartphones while paying for their game boys while buying their kids christmas presents exactly buying new cars they don't have to pay their rent and the entire landlord industry property managers owners employees Roofers,
0: yep. Uh, lots tenders. of mom and pop owners. Lots of those.
1: Lots of them. And there's there's also there's companies where they might have three hundred homes under management, but for a total of maybe fifty owners, they're all mom and pops. Some of them yep. are three hundred homes or three thousand homes owned by one company, but their their profit margins are are normal.
0: Yep. You know? Hey, Matthew, I I, I got to jump in here because we're going to come up here on a break. So I just want to get in one last question. We're talking to uh, a local attorney and property law expert Matthew Chase. Last question. Now I understand that the same organization that sued last time, the Alabama Association of Realtors, uh, but they've filed suit already. And as I was researching this today on on the new eviction moratorium, they've already filed suit. And the judge is the same judge who ruled in favor of the of the property owners last time has given the Biden administration until 9 a.m. tomorrow morning to respond to the emergency request for a temporary restraining order to block the enforcement of this eviction moratorium. Here's my last question. Do you see any reason why the outcome this time won't be any different than the outcome last time? Uh,
1: the answer is it should it. The new moratorium is almost identical to the old one. The administration is pretending that it's vastly different by saying it's only with the 90 percent or, you know, of the population. It's where where the the COVID surge is high in the Delta variant. By the way, there's no test for Delta variants without doing a genetic test. So every bit of news you hear about the Delta variant is almost entirely uh, mendacious. It's all lies. They're just guessing. So the surge is present in about 90% of the population and about 80% of the counties. So it is basically ubiquitous. It is Mm -hmm. as broad as the original one, and there's no reason still, even if it was even more narrowly
0: tailored, The
1: CDC still doesn't have the power, period.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Hey, Matthew Chase, I know you're a local attorney here. You're a property law expert. If anyone needs information about this particular moratorium or on any other legal issues related to property management, how can they reach you?
1: So I'm fairly busy on Facebook. It's Matt Chase, U-City Mo, M-A-T-T-C-H-A-S-E, U-City Mo. My website is uh, chaselawpc.com. And I I specialize 100% in evictions.
0: Very good. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us this evening here on X. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, what do you think about this? Phone lines are open. What do you, I see I see this as a much bigger issue than just can people be evicted or not? I mean, this goes to separation of powers. This goes to transparency of government. This goes towards an executive branch who knowingly violates the constitution with impunity and doesn't seem to care about that. What are your thoughts? 314-436-7900 call or text. Phone lines are open. Here we are at your service on X. There's a new member joining the Missouri Broadcasters Hall of Fame. A swing and a high. Inducted, Cardinals broadcaster John Rooney. It's a donner. Congratulations, John, from the other voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, K.M.O.X. Congratulations to John Rooney. Well done, my friend. Uh, Also, well done. Folks are texting in. I always enjoy that. Pam, thanks so much for your comments. We had some other comments about the show so far, and we're just getting started. Also, phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Jeff's been holding through the break. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind this evening?
3: Well, how are you, Brad? Thanks for taking a call. My pleasure. Uh, Okay, great. Hey, I guess I'm just going to vent a little bit. (laughs) It's okay as long as as long as you
0: don't use the words you're not supposed to use, Jeff. I won't. I promise you, I won't. Great.
3: So here's the deal. I'm recently retired, sixty-seven years old. Worked hard my whole life. I remember my first house. Could barely afford the thing. But you know what? I always paid my mortgage every month. It, I, there were days that, that mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I saved half of my food for the next day to eat dinner again. But I always paid my mortgage. I'm not patting myself on the back. I just don't understand. And now I'm comfortable. We're fine now. But we own a house that we're moving into a new house that we're building in a different county. This house I have now is in Florence. I was going to keep this house as a small income stream and rent it and have a, a company to manage it for sure me. I don't think I'm going to now I, I I can't depend on my government to protect me from uh, from uh, in fact I can I can almost count on my government to try to uh, um, hurt me financially well well uh, Jeff I'm at this tired. point
0: at this point i'm I'm really convinced uh, from a from an a, legal perspective that this moratorium is going to be stricken just like the previous one so i don't think it's going to be an issue but you raise a larger issue jeff which is we have the mentality today uh Mm -hmm. among so many people that the government is there to take care of us whether it's protecting us from being evicted whether it is paying for a universal health care whether it's uh, eliminating student loan debt. You know, I borrowed my way through law school, and now Mm -hmm. I I borrowed every penny to get through law school, every penny, and paid it all back. And yet now they're talking about, well, the government needs to just waive our uh, our student loans. Uh, And now we have something called universal basic income, where people primarily, actually exclusively on the left, are saying we should just pay people just because. And that's the mentality today that I know drives you crazy, Jeff, as it does. It does me.
3: I, you know, I, you know I, I was 40 years old before I get a cable in my house because I just couldn't afford that luxury until I paid all my bills. And, and my cars, forget it. I didn't own a new car until I was almost 46 years old. But anyway, uh, thanks for letting me vent. Great show. I'm going to listen and, and hope other people chime
0: in. Great. Hey, Jeff, thank you. We've got some other folks lined up for, on the phones, but we need to take a break here. So, uh, folks, if you're holding, particularly John, you're next, we're going to come back to you. We've got to take a commercial break because, hey, we got to pay our bills. We don't want to get evicted from the building, right? Brad Young here at your service on Camo X. We'll be right back.
2: Don't just listen to the news. React to it. We are the voice of St. Louis. Everyone is welcome.
0: Welcome back to Camo X. Glad you're sticking around with us this evening. I'm glad that John has been sticking around through that break because that was a long break. Hey, John, welcome to Camo X.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, I've had my share of, of landlords. I've been a landlord, and but right now I'm a, I'm a renter, and I like the place. Um, I was in a situation briefly. I'll make mean, it quickly as I can. Uh, th- th- there are just some people that just don't like you when you meet them for the mm. first time, and, and <laughs> you know. And I, and I locked horns with one who really didn't like me. And she was stuffing threats in my mailbox and always, always, always threat, 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 threat. My lease was 80. My lease, I still have it. My lease is about 80 pages long. Oh, my the goodness. Landlord can do no, the landlord can do no wrong. We can do no right. Uh, everything is our fault. and we, we get fined and all that Yes. So anyway, so it was kind of poison. It was beaten out. So uh, I know my share of lawyers, and I have approached them, and I told them my story. And uh, they said, look, as long as you pay your rent on time,
0: they can't do anything. <laughs> well, how do you feel about that? Yeah, there's there's a lot of truth to that. But what what's ironic is if you're destroying the property, that's another cause for immediate eviction. If you're doing something to destroy the property, you know, if you have if you're raising uh, 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 a whole group of of malumniers, malamute dogs who are just destroying the place okay you're going to get evicted even if you are paying the rent but you're right that's it but what's i what's what's outrageous to me john is that the really the only way that you can get evicted is by not paying your rent but then the federal government comes along and says you don't even have to pay your rent now that you can't be evicted so to me, don't you think that's outrageous that, that the government can come in and tell a property owner, you are a property manager, to come in and say, you know, if your people aren't paying the rent, you can't kick them out. Don't you think that's kind of outrageous?
3: Well, it's the government. <laughs> uh, and that's all I can really answer that is the government. But this is one last thing. You know, I can appreciate it. When you when you go to a, an apartment building and check it out, and you can see where someone has been punching holes in the wall, mm-hmm. you know they've been they've been covered up with with a, with a spackle and whatever they do to them. But um, yeah, I can appreciate um, the landlord being upset about that. But, yeah, and uh,
0: they and they have a right to be, and they have a right to be upset by not getting paid. Right. Well, I have seen this. Uh, one landlord I
3: had, I have seen him evict like five people in a row. Boom, 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 boom. We get in front of the judge. He, he goes, watch this. And you get them in front of the judge, and he shows four, five tenants paid, paid his, didn't pay his rent. And the judge assigned every single one of them. You know, every single one. You're out of here.
0: Yeah, but but, anyway, but but not now. But, hey, John, appreciate you calling in this evening. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Great to hear from you. You know, as I was thinking about this issue today, I, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to make this legal argument. But it did make me laugh. And if you're in any way familiar with the Constitution, hopefully this will make you laugh. But, you know, the the bald-headed stepchild of the amendments to the Constitution, the bald-headed stepchild is the Third Amendment, okay? You've never heard anybody mention the Third Amendment. Why is that? Because the Third Amendment says no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in a time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. So the Third Amendment was a big deal in the 1700s. Okay, it was like it was it was obviously one of the top issues of the day because the Brits were coming in and they were quartering their troops in people's houses and you, you couldn't say no. So the, the commander of the Redcoats comes in and says, we're going to assign, you know, these five smelly soldiers to live in your house. And I'm sorry you've got a teenage daughter, but you're just going to have to keep an eye on her. You know, I mean, you couldn't do anything about it. And so they made the Third Amendment, which after the Revolutionary War and after the 1700s were over, no, nobody cared about the Third Amendment, right? And yet— Now I thought, well, couldn't you make an argument? I was just thinking outside the box. Couldn't you make a legal argument that says, well, this moratorium eviction violates the Third Amendment because it's, in essence, the government is quartering soldiers in your house in a manner that is not being prescribed by law, but rather being prescribed by an executive order. So – then I thought it was kind of funny. And then, you know, then it went away. But uh, I don't look for that to be (laughs) the prevailing legal argument here to challenge this. I'm sure the Alabama Realtors Association's attorneys are not going to make that argument. Uh, But I would probably have suggested it just to see if the judge found it amusing. Uh, But, you know, a lot of times it's not good to make jokes in court uh, because when they don't work, You look very bad. I I have actually cracked jokes in front of the Missouri Court of Appeals. No one laughed and I lost. So I I try, I'm not gonna do that again. I'm just not gonna go for the humor ever again in front of the Court of Appeals because that's not a group that is just a big barrel of laughs. You know, they're not they're not a big barrel of laughs. So that's not a good idea and it's not a good strategy. I used it earlier in my career, it didn't work, it's never going to happen. Again, but, uh, uh, but it's breathtaking to me that the, the implications of what the Biden administration could argue, because the grounds, the so-called legal authority that they're using to to enact this eviction moratorium is basically under the CDC regulations— which gives the CDC the power to make and enforce such regulations as, in its judgment, are necessary to prevent the introduction, transmission, or spread of communicable diseases. Unquote. That could apply to anything. I mean, if if you think that that gives you authority to keep people from being evicted, then you could use that language to justify anything. And when I mention anything, I mean, here's a great example. Think about during World War II, one of the most heinous events in the history of our country occurred when our government interred thousands of people of Japanese descent who did nothing wrong, who did absolutely broke no laws, but they were interred simply because of their ethnic heritage. It was that kind of power that was used to justify that horrific event. So I'm going to move from that because Barbara has called in. Hey, Barbara, I haven't heard from you in a while.
2: Yes, um, sir. Um, I thought that when you rent someplace, and I've rented before, you have a legal contract, which you sign with the the landlord you do. and yourself. And I thought in the United States you were supposed to honor all legal contracts.
0: Oh, I did, too. But apparently the Biden administration doesn't think so.
2: Well... I I mean that's a court case to to take court to court because when you have a legal contract you have people have to honor contracts that they have with roofers that they have with mm-hmm. uh you know uh people that sell to them you know it with retail stores with um, also with landlords you know with and they said that now they're going to raise it the little guys that are running to people they can't. They're, they're losing their, their places because uh, the banks are calling their loans. Yes. And they can't pay
0: them. You can't so pay them if there's no rent being paid. They, yeah, can't, they so can't pay for the house.
2: They can't pay for the house. So what's going to do is these commercial outfits that are really big, they're going to take over, and they're going to have a, a, a commercial outlet which means that they're going to charge more for rent. It's already said that mm-hmm. they're going to charge more for rent.:
0: yeah, so, so at the end of the day the, the the result of this will be to hurt the little guy, even yeah. though this is designed to help the little guy, at the end of the day it's just going to hurt them.
2: Yeah, and the people that are renting cheaper are the ones that are the ones that have smaller properties, mm-hmm. So, really, the people are hurting themselves because, in the end, I heard they're going to raise the rent on these commercial outfits.
0: You're exactly right. Hey, Barbara, we're coming up on a break. I'm going to have to let you go. But thanks for calling in. It's great to hear from you.
2: Okay, thank you.
0: My pleasure. You know, she makes a good point. And most of these renters that are owning houses and renting them, they're not huge multi-state corporations. They're mom-and-pop's who are renting out homes that they bought and they're counting on that income to make the mortgage payments. Brad Young here at your service tonight on Camo X. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this break with more fun.